Welcome to Your Mark on the World, bringing you another changemaker with champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Your Mark on the World show. I'm Devin Thorpe, your host, and our uh, guest today is uh, Francesca Escoto. Uh, Francesca, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, uh, Devin, for working with me, the schedules, and doing all that we needed to do behind the scenes to make this happen. So I'm thrilled to be part of what you're doing. Well, thank you. You're very kind. Well, tell us a little bit about what you do and how you help people. Absolutely. Um, so I am CEO of two enterprises that are closely related but separate. The first one is Startups for Social Impact, and my passion is really finding those entrepreneurs who want to fight disease and poverty, either with their gadgets and inventions or with their services, and to help them launch and grow. So I work with the early um, entrepreneurs, helping them um, do that and featuring them through Startups for Social Impact. And, and the goal there, similar to what you're doing, which is why I'm so excited to be here, um, is to form community and to have them um, come together, have that place where, where they can come together and do that. Now, Innovation Labs, which is kind of my bread and butter, is where I spend more most of my time actually coaching and creating programs to help them go through the process of launching and growing. And so that's where Innovation Labs um, helps me get very technical about how to. Uh, one of the things that we do in Innovation Labs is also software development, uh, whether it is apps uh, that help increase productivity internally or actually software that helps them either automate or improve a client experience in some way, whether the software is embedded in the device they're creating or the software is somehow part of uh, the mechanism that allows them to um, carry their uh, work further. So that's what I do. Great, great. So tell me a little bit more about uh, the social side of your business. Who are the people you're helping? Uh, give me some Give us some idea of uh, who's the right fit for, for your program. Sure. So the right fit is someone, my background is in engineering. So let's start there. I'm an industrial engineer by trade. And so I am very much focused on production, gadgets, widgets, quality control, uh, process control, um, cost reduction, automation. So anyone that is looking into making gadgets, in one way or another, whether they're at the blueprint stage, they're still prototyping, they don't know um, how to go from concept from concept to actual product, um, I would love to work with them. If they are already um, with the prototype in hand and they're testing it with real customers and trying to decide on production and which manufacturer do I go with, how do I find the manufacturer, those are the conversations that I, I love to have. Um, and I find that if we set those pieces right, that scaling is easier down the line. Um, I do that in the context of coaching, so there's a lot of other pieces that fall into place as far as who your ideal client is and how you can best help them and um, how your solution is really going to make an impact so that marketing uh, your product or service can really be effective. So it's in the context of really understanding your business model, um, not just isolated pieces. They all come together 
Um, so that's that's who I love. Um, this is not my client, but it's kind of like my crush. I have a crush on them. <laughs> um, I saw, for example, this TED talk of this professor with his grad students. They were looking at ways in which they can make microscopes more affordable and actually accessible to people in third world countries, particularly I, I believe they were working on India. And they actually created a printable microscope that you can actually just print, um, assemble um, from paper, you can slide uh, the glass in there and voila, you have a microscope and it costs about two dollars to produce. So Man. those are the kinds of things that I'm looking for. That's exciting. Well. Uh, do you have a geographic focus? Um, I don't. I don't. Um, and one of the reasons is obviously there's the bottom of the pyramid. There's you know three to four billion people living in less than five dollars a day. About two point seven billion living on th less than two dollars a day. But right here in the United States, fifteen percent of the population is living below poverty. So geography is not as important as concept. Um, I do follow Paul Polex. Um, work a lot. Um, he is um, founder of IDE, International Development Enterprises, and one of his tenets is extreme affordability. So for me, it's more can you produce something that um, can be very affordable for those that need it? Um, design comes differently at that point. Um, where you get your raw materials is different. Can you produce it locally instead of um, in the United States? Um, or if it's in the United States to be consumed here, can it be produced here? Um, so, so it's more um, looking at purpose rather than geography. And, and so I, I will work with anyone in, as far as geography is concerned, so long as they're serving that population. That's great. Well, I want you to tell us a little bit, Francesca, a little bit about how you got interested in this. What brought you to this place? Um, you know, I think everybody has a story, and so here's mine. And and um, I was thinking about this the other day because I am revamping uh, my website, and I, I anyhow. So as I'm thinking of my story, <laughs> I'm like, you know, I I grew up in a in a very affluent neighborhood in Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic. We were not wealthy. My grandfather came into land um, because he was an engineer, and so as payment, he got land in this neighborhood. He builds a house, so we all move in, and I mean all. Um, we all move into this house. I grow up surrounded by people who like did grocery shopping in Puerto Rico. Like, who does that? Who goes to another country for groceries, right? Yeah. But we were so not that. And yet, two blocks away, um, we would walk to the bodega, is what we call them, el colmado. Um, but it's like a mini grocery store, like a corner store. And the corner store was the entrance to the barrio which is the, the you know, in, in Brazil is favelas, or here would be the ghetto, right? But it's ghetto of a different kind. It's poverty like you don't see here in the U.S. unless you go looking for it. Um, and I remember being there and, and thinking, I really am in between two worlds, even though I'm, you know, this is home, and this is my street. It's just one street, but I'm caught between two worlds. Um, when I came to the States then, um, there was such a difference here when it came to social status. Here it was about race. And so here it's like, well, you're darker. And I'm like, 
well, I'm not poor. <laughs> Does that count? You know, but so being always caught in, in this place where I wasn't good enough. Um, it didn't matter, you know, then other times it has been being a woman as an engineer, you know, 25% of my college campus was female, and of that, I was the only Latina in most of my courses throughout the four years, so always feeling like the underdog um, in one way or another, and so I come to this point through different life experiences, being an entrepreneur, being technical, um, and not having believed the lies throughout, um, and coming to this point saying, well, what we need to do is just empower people. We need to allow them to get past those bumps um, so they can then carry out their purpose in life. Especially when it comes to economics, I think it can even be more oppressive than racism. Um, I might get shot after saying that, but <laughs> I think poverty um, in many ways can be poverty of the real kind, not relative poverty, but poverty of the real kind um, can can be so pervasive and can just destroy generations. Uh, so for me, it's really where poverty is. That's that's where I want to see healing. That's where I want to see change. Um, I've seen it firsthand, um, and and I I know what it is. I've I've seen it. So that's kind of mm. how I got here. It is yeah. interesting how classism uh, can be as pernicious as racism, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it can be even more damaging in some ways. And granted, um, classism is related to racism. They're not. Um, they're not you separate. Can't separate issues. them very well, can you? Yeah, yeah. They they certainly are. Um, and I think um, they they're tools that are used to maintain both. So in some cases, racism reinforces classism. In some cases, classism reinforces the other. So they certainly go hand in hand. What I see um, about the difference I find, racism in particular, uh, um, I can ascribe it to some general group, right? like all peoples of color, which then allows me to be the exception. right? So in the midst of all that, I can be different, and I can say, well, I don't have to adapt to that. That might be true for them, but it's not true for me. When you have no money and no way to produce money, it is about you. And then it, it flips, right? It's like everybody else can, but I can't. Because you truly have no means to the end. And so I think that reality is altered um, in a more profound way when you don't have the means to get out of. I mean, I've seen people live in literally they dig holes and they put a hole in the ground and then they'll put um an aluminum top and that's home. Um, so, so we're talking about really not having anything. Um, I always tell people, especially here in the States, when they're like, well, you know, I'm poor. I'm like, you know, you're not poor, you're broke. And that's very different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been broke, but I'm not poor. Your, your experience frames your perspective, doesn't it? Yes. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And and in some cases, you know, you're broke for a moment. Um, and I think in this country, relatively speaking, that puts you in some sort of poor place for a minute. Uh, but when you have the means to get out of that situation, you're no longer um, living in poverty. You just broke for a minute. Uh, whereas there are people who systematically live in conditions where even education is impossible. You know, they're um, geographically um, disenfranchised from from those methods and systems that can help them move forward they so so it's just a very pervasive condition in some instances well 
I think that your perspective makes you an invaluable advisor because you have seen up close and personal what it's like to be poor and there are so many problems associated quite frankly with poverty right that uh, without that perspective it's really difficult I think to be effective at times in uh, lifting and helping people who are struggling with poverty yeah um, and, and we're not going to talk about the UN or about the International Monetary Fund <laughs> or those great organizations that are trying they might not be doing much um, but he the thing is that you know to your point I would encourage anyone who wants to be a social entrepreneur or whose goal in life is social impact um, to go ahead and take a trip um, and not a, a petty trip <laughs> to go and like I was there you know for two weeks but rather with a very honest um, and sincere desire to experience what they experience um, because it does change how you go about wanting to help. In many cases they have the solutions, they just can't make it happen. And so we go in at times, you know, with this idea that we are going to teach them what they don't know. And the problem is not knowledge, it's resources, right? And so going there to learn from them. I can give an example, for example, there was this lady came to our church and she was raising funds because she wanted to put toilets into this community that was living um, kind of in the woods outside of Santo Domingo. Um, and my first thought was, well, what if the toilet breaks down? Who is going to fix it? There was no answer to that question. Right. She had not thought about what it means to live in that circumstance. She's thinking they need toilets and I'm here thinking, they need better latrines and not because they're you know they're subhuman or something but because that's what they can truly maintain and I'm not sure that they were asking for plumbing <laughs> um, no. and, and we want to get them there perhaps but you know it's more like disease control how do you help them live in their circumstances with more dignity how do you um, help them do what they want to do not what you want to do another thing that I think of is that a lot of times we think of ourselves and I speak as an American um, but we think of ourselves as the standard right like what people want is to live like us well that's not the case either um, in many instances they want to live like they want to live they just want to do it better whatever that means to them and so it's enabling that um, and being a part of their journey and, and being a catalyst to them creating the future that they want for themselves. Yeah. Well, Francesca, tell us how people can get in touch with you. If they would like to have your help or otherwise connect with you, what's the best way for people to reach you? The best way is my email, uh, which is Francesca at myinnovationlabs.com. But Twitter, and my Twitter handle is listed right here, somewhere here. Mm -hmm. um, you can reach me there. I'm on Twitter all the time, and you know it's a quick way to connect. You can shoot me a direct message or share a phone number, and we'll make that transition right away. So for people who are listening to the podcast, what's your Twitter handle? It's Wow Francesca. Wow in Spanish. W A O F. R-A-N as in Nancy, C-E-S as in Sam, C-A. Wow, Francesca. Fantastic. Well, again, Francesca, thank you very much for being with us today. We really appreciate you taking the time to be here. 
Thank you, Devin. You're awesome. Your work is great. So thank you for having me. Thank you. Now let's do some good. Yes. Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded via Google Hangouts on Air and is available at youtube.com forward slash Devinthorpe. Subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher or iTunes by searching for Your Mark on the World. Every weekday, Devin hosts a CEO, celebrity, entrepreneur or other changemaker here on the Your Mark on the World show to inspire and prepare you to make your mark. Devin is a champion of social good, writing about, advocating for, and advising people who are doing good. He is a Forbes contributor who is a recognized thought leader in social entrepreneurship, impact investing, and crowdfunding. To book Devin as a speaker, visit devinthorpe.com. Learn more about Devin's work at yourmarkontheworld.com.